Hey everyone, welcome back. My name is Sam. And I'm Melissa. I grew up in the FLDS community. It is a polygamous group run by Warren Jeffs, and I moved out when I was 18 years old. I was raised LDS, Sam and I have been married for almost nine years now and have two beautiful kiddos. Yes we do, and yes we have. <laughs> we are going to be covering the first episode of the new documentary on Amazon Prime about the Duggars today. Yes, uh, the documentary is called Shiny Happy People. And I'm like really excited to cover this because we've had lots of people ask us what we think about the Duggars, especially as more of their religious views have come to light. And it's so interesting to me because we like grew up in this time. Well, I mean, he couldn't watch TV, so he's kind of left out of the loop. I knew about the show. I have never seen an episode of 19 Kids and Counting or 20 Kids and Counting or however many they're up to. Um, I never saw an episode of it, but I knew about them. And like I would see stuff like in People Magazine about them, so I felt like I kind of knew about them over here on the side without ever like watching or fully knowing them. Right. I saw like random headlines about their son, but again, I had like no connection to this family whatsoever. So this is both of our first like glimpse into introduction to, introduction their. to their family yeah. at all, um, which was kind of fun. I was like, this is gonna be fun to come with completely fresh eyes because we have no like pre what's your word for that you can see notions yes. of, of who they are and yeah who they are or like any sides or anything we're taking this all in with fresh eyes yeah so we were excited so the first episode was a lot for us and maybe it's a lot for everyone but we were just like whoa this is a lot of information it just in the first probably five minutes we were like trying to figure out what's going on they so, were giving like a quick a overview of yeah. the religious stuff and like the beliefs in like I don't know, like you said, like the first five minutes, which was crazy because again, if you're introduced to a family like over the period of lots of seasons, you're like seeing little piece after little piece. Right. But when you throw things together that quickly, or you try to summarize, honestly, almost any religion, if you try to summarize any religion in five minutes, it's going to feel like a lot because every religion has their own uniqueness, their own quirks, their own things that make them like interesting or yeah. odd to outsiders, right? So. Yeah. It was a lot. And for them, it was uh, about the family, who they are as a family, but also the religion that they started out in. Uh, yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if, he, well, it didn't sound like they were, uh, the parents were raised that way, but they joined this religious group uh, later on. Yeah, the Institute in Basic Life Principles. And sometimes they referred to it as IBLF, or sorry, IBLP. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes they just referred to it as the Institute, right? Um, they talk about the parents meeting. Um, a lot of this is shown where the the parents um, are talking to the congregation, right? And they're kind of like giving their whole life story and kind of a t it felt like a testimony meeting yeah. uh, for anybody who's been LDS um, or is LDS. And I will say the first thing that like as they're speaking and they're sharing their story and they're sharing why they chose to have all these kids in a spiritual circumstance it was kind of crazy that they had the same intonation soft voice that you hear from lds leaders and flds leaders isn't that it's so interesting it's like when people want to really get into a spiritual place and convey a, a spiritual feeling that they that they're having in the moment it all they always get into this soft like slow speaking voice Soft and slow. for some reason and so we noticed that right away like oh this looks familiar <laughs> so yeah. very interesting yeah i just again it's one of those things that you realize is very familiar and, and the same across all religions 
um, that when people talk of spiritual things, it has that same, especially, like I said, the female voice, like the wife, she definitely like hit home to me. Yeah. I was like, okay, this sounds like what I heard from leaders growing up the entire time. It sounded like I could have been in sitting in my church. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and we don't know every religion, and we're, we're comparing this to the religions we're familiar we're with. So there might be religions out there that don't speak like that at all. And that's, and we understand that for sure. Just based off our experience, it's interesting how similar it was. Yeah. Um, and, oh, and then they talked about how you are supposed to have as many kids as you are capable of is definitely part of the religious aspect, um, which obviously the FLDS definitely that uses yeah, no birth control. Birth control. Now they did use birth control to start off with. In fact, it was, uh, a miscarriage that they had because of birth control that kind of changed their mindset on, okay, we're just going to have as many as God wants us to have. Yeah, I'd say, so in the FLDS, obviously there's no birth control. In the LDS, people use birth control. I feel like having as many children as God would give you was um, a lot more popular back like in the 80s, like mm -hmm. earlier. Um, I'd say now, you know, people have a more normal, I don't want to say normal, like country, societal norm um, of children, but LDS families are known for having very large families too. Not that they don't ever use contraception, but they have a lot of but The idea of, of having families. a lot of children seems to be a, this is, this is what God wants, to bring more of his spirit children to the earth. I would say right? that when, when people have a lot of children, if you ask them why they chose to have a lot, there's almost always a religious reason behind right. it in the LDS church is always because something similar to okay well we just wanted to have as many children as God would allow us we know people like that mm -hmm. um you know so whenever there's a lot there tends to always be the idea that it's what God wanted behind it right never just like oh we just thought it'd be fun yeah <laughs> like yeah um, so so they it started out I guess for them, I don't know that it, having children was religious to begin with, but it became a very religious thing for the Duggars. They said, well, this is what God wants. We're going to have as many as he wants us to have. Yeah. And then they had different sets of twins and all of that. And that's one of the reasons they had so many. Yeah. Yeah. And to multiply and replenish the earth. They had that's mentioned another. that in the religious part at the beginning, which I think they're going to get further into um, in later episodes. There are four episodes. Of course, we'll cover all of them. This one, I'm thinking each episode is going to need its own based on like the amount of notes that I took. Um, the Multiply Replenish the Earth definitely hit home because we had even been told by some of his LDS family, like, you know, if you only have two kids, that's not like multiplying anything. That's just evening out you. Right. And I was like, who is this person like saying that? Like, that's so, it was so crazy to me. And we still have two awesome kids and we wouldn't do it any other way. But yeah, we did not fulfill the multiplying <laughs> in the eyes of some of our LDS family and that's okay yeah. but um yeah they talked about the way that they were raising their kids no radio no tv mm -hmm. strict chess code uh, <laughs> all very familiar to me here very very familiar uh yeah I mean, so, well, go ahead. Do, you, do you know what their dress code was that they mentioned um, well, in the beginning, it looked like the the girls all wore dresses. Okay. I think the one daughter quickly said that it was a long time before she got to wear pants. Um, but so, so obviously things kind oh, of switched over time. And no, like you, they couldn't show their shoulders. I remember that being one. Hmm. Um, which seems was be, how I grew up. Be, yeah, it seems to be common. No shoulders, or in my case, uh, for the women, dresses, uh, long dresses. I. Uh, 
the dresses they were wearing, they were weren't, they, were they, but they weren't quite as modest as I was used to growing up. Yeah, I think there might have been a little ankle showing, but um, <laughs> they were definitely very modest, I'd say, in normal conservative Christian yeah. um, ways. Jim Bob became a state representative, so they were talking about like his political career. Um, then he ran for Senate and he lost which gave the publicity of how many kids he had, right? So there was a picture of him in the newspaper. TLC wanted to do a one-hour documentary on the family, and so they were like, sure, we'll do this documentary. And the daughter was saying, like, yeah, it was kind of weird. Then they did, like, a Christmas special with <laughs> like, seeing what Christmas would be like with that many kids. Mm -hmm. um, at least got, they got to celebrate Christmas, so yeah. they got one up on you there, huh? Yeah, exactly. And, hey, I mean... Everybody would be curious how you would celebrate Christmas with that many kids, right? Yeah. And so people ask me that all the time. What was holidays like around your house? Well, we didn't celebrate holidays, and that made it easy because with all the kids in the home, there just wasn't gifts. Christmas would be insanity with right. that many kids. It would be, yeah. I'm sure it was with them. Maybe we need to look back and find their Christmas special. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in 2008 is when the show started. So they had already had this exposure, um, and... Then they decided to go full-fledged in a show. The stereo... Oh, sorry. No, you're fine. I was just going to say that the Institute definitely took uh, advantage of their popularity in the sense that they wanted them to be talking to the crowds and that a lot uh, once they became popular. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like that kind of happens, though. Anytime a religion has like a big public figure, hmm. um, for the LDS, I'd say Mitt Romney, right? Hmm. Like when you have somebody who is in a position of political power or somebody that they can say hey look they're just another person like we're not these weird mormons right look he's a local representative and he's normal and his family's normal anytime they can use somebody to show like the rest of the world like hey we're normal we're good people um they definitely become poster children i'd say mitt romney i'd say david archuleta until he left the church um, was definitely a poster child that the church used as, like, yeah. a way to show the rest of the world. Um, then they kind of went into some of the things about Bill Gothard, who is the leader of the Institute. And they just talked about the fact that, you know, his main principles were like, obey God and God will bless you. Um, obedience was super important, which is an underlying thing for a how lot did, of religions. How, how did he word it? O obey immediately or something? Obey quickly? Some some word like that where for us it was obey no matter what. Keep sweet. Obey no matter what. Keep sweet praying. Obey, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. They also said um, some of the people that had formerly followed him said that he always had the answer. That they knew the right thing to do about everything because he had the answer to everything. And that really resonated with me because growing up, I felt like I had the answer to every question. It didn't matter if it was political. It didn't matter if it was religious. It didn't matter if it was moral. No matter what it was, I felt like I could find the answer on LDS.org and go to my local, my local church leaders and I could always know exactly what the right thing to do was. I never had to worry about what was right or wrong or think for myself what I thought was right or wrong as long as I follow the church. And I was raised to believe that like the church leaders, the prophet could not lead us astray or else God would not let that person be the leader anymore um, is how that doctrine goes for us. So when you believe fullheartedly that God's not going to let them lead you astray, um, then why would I ever question 
And if I believe in the prophet, then like, why would I ever question my leaders and tell me what was right and wrong? Yeah. No, it's a, it's a great, it's a great feeling to have to think or to feel you have all of the answers unless you ever change your uh, beliefs. Then all of a sudden it's a, it's a very difficult thing to try to navigate. Yeah. To go from having all the answers to wait a minute, <laughs> then it no. feels super hopeless. Yeah, so it's it's a challenging challenging change, but uh... yeah, they talked about the fact that the Duggars and a lot of people go into it to try to make a better life for their children. Um, they're going in; they know that there's good moral principles. They believe that really, like God is going to help them be able to raise their children the best way possible. Um, again, sounds super familiar. My mom is a convert to the LDS Church. And I know that a huge reason that she did it is so that she could like raise her kids in a much better position and way with much better morals and standards than what she grew up with. And it, it was true. It was like I grew up in a much, much, much better situation than she did. Um, and the LDS religion did that for her. And there's definitely people, they said, going into this religion, going to the Institute, hoping for a better way for their kids. Um, whether or not that's too extreme or not, we'll let everybody decide on their own. But I think all of us parents, just or at least most of us, hopefully most of us, just try to do what's best for our kids, right? And uh, some people find that in religion. Some people find it in different ways. But really, I think it just comes down to, you know, what is the very best life we can give our kids? And that's what we're going to do. Yeah, and you can only give your kids the best life that you know how. I know that some people have asked Sam this, you know, like, oh, do you regret being raised FLDS now that you've left? Or for me, like, now that I'm no longer LDS, do I regret being raised LDS? And I don't, I absolutely loved it. It was absolutely the best way that my parents knew how. And I think they did a great job raising us in a religion that they believed was gonna be best for us. Yeah. What about you with the FLDS? The same with me, I mean, a lot of us, uh, a lot of situations that we find ourselves in, from the outside, people look in and say, wow, that must be so awful, right? But in my situation, well, first of all, I was very lucky to have a good family that didn't uh, abuse us in any way, that at least physically, I mean, I guess you could argue that mentally, but that wasn't their fault. That was just the religion that they were raised in and what they were taught to do, and they were doing the best they could. But no, I don't, I, I don't regret the way I was raised either. I feel like uh, I took it and made the best of it, and my parents made the best of it they could, and there's some challenging things and some difficult things that are still going on between me and my family, but overall, I feel like they, uh, I had a good childhood. Yeah. yeah. And so, no, and there was a lot of things that I was able to take from it and learn from it as well. Yeah, and you gotta give your parents, like, credit where credit's due, right? Like, if they're trying their yeah. best and they're doing what they think is best, then like what more can you ask for I guess yeah um they talked about the fact that Gothard created a homeschool curriculum hmm. um and obviously then it became a religious homeschool curriculum which we both have experience in why don't you yeah. show yours first well I mean the way I was raised was basically uh geez everything was revolved around religion and I it's the Institute sounds similar as well where you know um, well, first of all, I was homeschooled. We were only allowed to be homeschooled. So everything was very much controlled in a home setting anyway. And then a lot of what we were taught was, uh, we did have some of the traditional topics as well, but a lot of what we were taught was religious based. Uh, history and a lot of it was history of the church and that type of thing. So 
it was all revolved around the church in one way or another. So for, for me anyway. Yeah, and I was homeschooled up until high school. Um, and we just used like Christian-based curriculums. If I remember right, it was actually a Baptist curriculum, but it was all Christian-based curriculum um, all growing up. So very used to like God being talked about in all the science books. Um, all of the history lessons all revolved around like God led the people here, then God led the people there. So all of history was very integrated with Christianity. Um, everything definitely had that worldview for sure. And yeah. then, um, oh, there's something else I was going to say with the homeschool. Just, yeah. Oh, and then because when you're homeschooled, like we had like devotional in the morning. So we'd be like reading scriptures in the morning, oh, yeah. opening with a prayer. Um, so yeah, everything revolved in the homeschool is very like Christian based for sure. So I thought that was interesting that he created an entire curriculum. I know there's been a lot of people that like definitely look for and have created like LDS curriculums. Um, anytime you can create a curriculum around your religious view, you have that chance to like try to mesh everything together, right? Instead of having like religion and secular views when you can mesh them. Well, and if you, if you talk to a lot of these people, I mean, I'll, I'll speak for myself and the way I was raised and, and that, uh, to, in, in, in a lot of religious people's minds, um, the religious part of it is the most important thing. 100%. Like, as far as our purpose for being on this earth, it's very re revolved around and based on religion and, and God and all of that. The whole going to school to get a degree so that you can get a job is just, just a way to get through life and to be as successful as possible, but really that doesn't matter. Right. That's just that's just to get through this life and to to to, you know, to gain some knowledge, which is important. But if, if someone religious can look, take um, the traditional studies and involve or integrate the religious aspect to it in their mind, they're doing everyone a favor because they're taking these math and reading and spelling and arithmetic and they are putting in the most important thing in this life into it, which to them is is what this life is all about what we're here for right because yep. this temporal life like jobs degrees all those type of things are temporary but the next life like eternal life mm -hmm. is the most important right i'd say that lds is a lot more um they believe that any of the knowledge that you have here on earth it goes into the next life mm -hmm. to help like build the kingdom on the other side so they're very big on education still and it's also said that it's like that education's meant for the next life as well. Yeah. So in the FLDS, not so much. It was more we're here to build up the kingdom of God. You know, I mean, learning is important, but it's not nearly as important as going in and doing what is asked of you. Yeah. Um, at the end of this episode, they do talk a little bit about um, Josh Duggar. I mean, he gets married. He has kids, and then it comes out. Is he the oldest, the eldest child? He's the oldest son. Okay. He's the oldest son. So, um, but it showed like him getting married, having kids, and then it comes out that he had molested girls um, for a couple of years, including his sisters. And so they're kind of talking a little bit about. I feel like they just barely scratched the surface. I feel like the next episode's gonna kind of go more into that and what actually happened to him. They just say that like the parents knew. They took him to the police station, but the police officer that took down everything was good friends with the dad. 
They sent him away to be changed. They sent him to a religious institute, to the institute mm. camp to like be reformed in some way, but they brought him back to make like social appearances because they didn't want to be embarrassed. And yeah, that's just, it's hard to see. I feel like the title of the documentary is called Shiny Happy People. And I thought like that title alone, I think they did a really good job because I feel like sometimes in a lot of different Christian religions, the appearance of being a shiny, happy person can end up becoming like the most important thing, you know, um, because if you're living right, you're supposed to be shiny. You're supposed to have that, that light in your eyes. You're supposed to have that, that glow to your countenance, right? And so if you're supposed to have that glow and you're supposed to always look happy, always keep sweet, have a smile on your face and all those things, when bad things happen, you see a lot of good people make poor choices in covering up bad things in order to not take away the shiny happiness. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like you see that in like a lot of different religions, right? Like it doesn't matter which religion, not picking on the Institute or LDS or FLDS, like every single religion has corruption and bad things happen in some way, in some form. And a lot of times those things are swept under the rug in order to maintain a certain image so that people don't associate that with the religion as a whole. Yeah, and some of these some of these bad things that happen are due to someone fe feeling that they are superior to someone else, and that they have the right to to do what they want because they are superior to the other people. And you know, it's very unfortunate, but sheesh, it seems to happen a lot. At least nowadays, we hear, we're hearing about it all the time. It's like, come on. Uh, but yes, it seems to be that the appearance, the outward appearance, is the most important thing when they teach inwardly that you're supposed to be working on your spirituality and your 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 yourself and and you know becoming a better person and then they turn around and switch it up so that it all just you know make sure that you appear to the world of, that you're this perfect person which is just so backwards in my mind yeah you have to be an example to all the nations i remember being told that all the time as a youth like it was our job to be an example 24 7 basically everybody's gonna look at you everybody's gonna be watching what you do and yeah that leads when you even as youth are put on this pedestal of everybody's gonna be looking up to you don't make a mistake don't make a mistake well okay <laughs> no luck, yeah right? good luck with that right and especially like you said having cultures that can lead to these more harmful mistakes and then they have to decide like pick between the pedestal and making it right with the victims. Yeah. So I'm intrigued to see what's going to be happening with definitely. his full story. Like I said, I'm pretty sure episode two will definitely, they left it kind of in a like awkward cliffhanger of like, okay, again, we don't know this family. We haven't watched the show at all. So we know that he is caught, that they bring it about at this point, like years and years later. Um, but we don't know the full repercussions of what that's going to mean yet. So right. stay so tuned for episode stay two. Stay tuned. Those were our <laughs> thoughts on about the first episode. Thank you all for being here, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Talk to y'all soon.